0: Welcome, I'm Rogers Anderson, Williams County's Mayor, and as we travel around the county and meet our different departments and elected officials from time to time, today we have the distinct honor of talking with our Parks and Rec Director, Gordon Hampton. Glad to have you with us today.
1: Rogers, I'm glad to be here on a Thursday morning.
0: (laughs) Well, it's early in the morning when we tape these shows, and uh, I appreciate you getting up and doing this so that the people can know and understand a little bit more about our Parks and Rec. But before we get into some of the programs that are going on and the many, many things that are occurring in your area of responsibility, tell me who Gordon is. How did Gordon Hampton find his career in Parks and Rec? And where did you start from?
1: You know, that's um – (laughs) That's a good question, and it's an easy question for me to answer. You know, I grew up in Nashville, and uh, West Nashville to be specific. And You know, Nashville for years has had an award-winning Parks and Recreation Department. Um, And at the time I was growing up, it was basically very neighborhood-oriented. There were 32 (coughs) community centers throughout Davidson County. And one just happened to be about four blocks from my house. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, times have changed back then. Parents would just let their kids roam and wander and you'd get out and play. Yeah. And, uh, and the park was a home away from home for me. And uh, so, you know, I just grew up using parks. I grew up admiring the people that served in that capacity. Um, when I went to college, uh, I had to work, and I was fortunate enough to be able to have developed a lot of uh, uh, friendships with people that work for parks and recreation in nashville and and I needed once again that job so I started working for metro parks and uh, and I, so I was going to college and I worked full time for metro parks and 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 it took me eight years to graduate college. You know, a lot of people are on an extended plan, but uh, mine was an extended work plan. But during that whole time, I just developed a passion for for parks. It started as a kid, as a user. It started, uh, continued as a young adult, as a way to make a living. And I've just been fortunate to be able to stay in the career. You
0: know, when you look at the Parks and Rec Department, I'm sure across the United States, but more specifically about what? is occurring here in Middle Tennessee. Parks and Rec is often seen as a place where you just play ball, but it's much, much more than just that. Uh, We're going to get into some of those items that we do here in Williamson County. And the collaboration between the counties and the cities and county to county and city to city, oftentimes that's just not seen in other departments. Uh, but you, you've gone from a, as you said, a user <coughs> of parks and all the way to the highest level that you can get in parks and rec. And, and our our parks and rec department, although it's still young, it's not Metro, um, Nashville or Davidson County, it's a fulfilling place in which to work and have a career. And, and as I was thinking about your remarks if you're oftentimes government is not seen as a place to want to work and stay there as a career that's really not true i came from the private sector 20 years ago almost 20 years ago and i look at the professionals that are here the people that are going to school to to specialize in whatever area field they're they're having but it's a great place to have a career i'm also putting a plug in if you're interested in county work (laughs) or those moms and grandmoms
1: and granddads that are watching the show, it is a good place to work. It absolutely is. I mean, when you think about uh, some of the things you mentioned, uh, government is serving, you know, and if you have that desire to, you know, to serve your community, there's a lot of wonderful ways to do it. You know, you can, if you're interested in protection, you know, the public safety and fire and police is a a wonderful way to serve, uh, behind the scenes. There are people in in this building here that that do so many wonderful things. Right now with these cameras. Absolutely. Parks and Recreation is one of those uh, areas where you're out in the public eye. Um, We have facilities all over the county. People come into a park, use a playground, and don't realize how much it takes to keep that safe and maintained. Um, And there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, but then there's a lot of stuff that's out front and center. But you have to really want to serve, and, uh, and, it, and it's a rewarding career. It's not one where you're going to get you know, filthy rich or anything like that. But I tell you, it's a wonderful place to work. If you want to be able to go to bed at night and get a good night's sleep and have a clean conscience, you don't toss and turn. You don't worry about the next day. You're actually anxious to get up and do it again. I th-
0: <clears throat> think about we moved here, the family and I moved here in 1980, and I became involved with Parks and Rec when the children were much smaller through refereeing. A lot of people knew me as a referee, either an umpire or a referee, just like you've done too. In those early days, it was uh, two or three women, you know, Kathy Odom and uh, a few others that kind of got <coughs> Parks and Rec going. And then it was a pivotal, pivotal period. Uh, in the mid-90s, I don't remember the exact date, that there was a vote taken on the countywide referendum. Um, Doug Hood could probably remember that date, your predecessor. Um, but it was a time in history in our county that asked the general public, did you want to spend money on parks and records? Is it that important to you? If so, go to the ballots and push the yes button. And overwhelmingly, 70-some-odd percent of the people said yes, spend some more money on parks and recs. So we took a limited source of money we had back then. Um, I think it was less than $10 million, $7 million, rings a bell with me. And we sprinkled that money in different programs and repairing uh, a lot of our uh, communities uh, to meet some safety standards, to repair fences, to. you know just get better equipment and from that period of time 25 years ago now plus um, you oversee a mammoth amount of locations and uh, in the high point probably knocking on the doors of six seven eight hundred employees part-time and full-time
1: you're absolutely right when you think about that referendum that was the turning point for this department um, you know, because I could touch on several things that are all related to that. You know, when you, when you talk about going back 25 years, you can go back even further than that oh, yeah. and see where over the years the passion and love for the people that live in this community, for their kids and for recreation, is still evident because a lot of the, the outlying areas, the parks that are there, as you well know, were built by volunteers the fields were developed by volunteers, the backstops were put up, the concession stands, the restrooms were built. Money was raised in the community, it was built by volunteers, and there is still a passion in these outlying communities away from Brentwood and Franklin, you know, for these these places that that mean so much to them. 25 years ago, the referendum basically said, listen, you guys can now take a break. You know, we're going to create a professional park division that department that will come in and enhance all this hard work that you've done all these years. And then we did. We sprinkled the love, for a back of, lack of better words, all over the county. We went to Bethesda. We went from Nolansville to Fairview, from Brentwood to Spring Hill. That basically covers all four east, west, north, and south, and all points in between. And it started with that and through great leadership with the former county executives, and now you as the, the first county mayor, you know, we've been well-funded and, and equipped to be able to provide this great service. We're, we're kind of
0: taking a journey down the history. That was not why we were coming to gay, to, to, together today. Uh, we wanted to talk about some of the upcoming programs, but I think it is important for always for people to realize just a little bit about the history and how we got to where we are. And you've been there the full uh, ride. You, you uh, have played a, a virtual role in a lot of different areas, a lot of different departments. The other day, we were taking a little trip. Um, I'm side, <clears throat> taking a side journey here, but we were taking a trip at a, at a location that we're looking at, and some old names were, were brought up. And certainly, you were there. Phyllis Huffman was there. Jim was there. Some of the people that have been with our parks and rec for 25 and 30 and 35 years that have seen the evolution of parks and rec. Now, there's nothing in the Constitution that says parks and rec need to be part of government funding. But our community, this community has said, yes, it is. It's not, we're not asking to be part of the Constitution. We're saying use our tax dollars wisely and use those, those individuals communities in those ball fields now we're not trying to take over let's take the one i'm most most familiar with it was the athletic association with bob ring and clint calicut and charles sarge and some of the older names and i don't want to start naming names i'll forget <laughs> them but those three or four names most everyone's heard of <clears throat> but we didn't go in there and say we're doing away with the association i loved your your analogy we're just going in and taking Taking a break, guys, and you still run the programs. You still be the coaches. You still do the things that that make you a community, and let us invest in those safety features and and the lights. Uh, I remember distinctly one year we went to Middle Tennessee Electric in the in the eighties. We were looking for ball pole lights, old telephone poles, and Middle Tennessee Electric was having an upgrade on some of their. The lines we got them to help us with some ball f- lights, some telephone poles, from the old Vanderbilt uh, football field <clears throat> where they were turning it around and doing a different practice field, and so we had some people on there. The name of Rick, Rick uh, uh, Wagers, they gave us a contact. We reached out to them. They gave us a poles, but we had to have them out in 24 hours. We got with Middle Tennessee Electric. They went up. They got the poles. A bunch of us worked to get those up. The drug dug the holes, we laid the poles, we fixed the lights. I mean, it was just a scavenger hunt, trying to get all this put together. That's not the way to have a professional park. But it, it got it done in those early days because the community said, we, we want that. We want our children to be active and involved and off the streets and just sitting around. That's not, that generation Parks and Rec was very important. Soccer has always been huge mm-hmm. in this community. And through this, although the soccer fields are technically not owned by the county, there's a hundred-year with another option with TVA to use those land, to use that land for soccer field, and the county oversees that. And then the cities continue to grow, <clears throat> Franklin, Brentwood, to have their Parks and Rec. Uh, to service more locally inside their ge- geographic boundaries. But there was a great, great relationship between the cities and the counties.
1: Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned that earlier on, you know, how the you know parks and recreation have grown in the county. But one of the things that I'm most proud of as is, is being a resident in Williamson County um, and living in the city of Franklin is the way that we work with the other park systems. You know, Brentwood has a great parks program. Franklin has a great parks program. Spring Hill has a parks department. Fairview has a parks department. Thompson Station is getting into the parks business. But the thing that we do, and we do smartly, is that we don't duplicate services. Uh, They have parks, and the county has parks. But one of the things that the county does and everybody has recognized that we do it well, so therefore they don't have to duplicate services. And that is we do all the programming. And I know we'll talk about some of the programming, you know, here shortly. But the fact that we do the programming, sometimes we program in their parks. And so, you know, very it's, it's, a, it's a good mix. And tax dollars are spent very wisely. And we're not, once again, duplicating services. Everybody has a role to play. And we work well together. Well, in all about
0: the turn of the century, we began to... Uh, when when Saturn came to town in the late 80s was when we first saw the the growth spurt that Williamson County has got. Uh, around 1980, there was some 30,000 people. We have 230,000 people now in this 50-year window. We're looking at almost 50-year window. <clears throat> But around the turn of the century, after the, uh, after the uh, referendum that occurred, that said the county needed to be better at, uh, at doing what they need to do for these communities, through a referendum of vote that gave the, the money out. There, there became, okay, is are is cities going to do these too, or is counties going to do them? So there was a great uh, powwow, for lack of a better word, they said, well, let, let's let the county build them. You pay half of the capital cost, the bricks and mortar, and then we'll run them because we've got some economies of scales. We're doing them in Franklin. We're doing them, and ultimately that led to Franklin and Brentwood and Spring Hill, certainly, uh, Nolansville, where we build these centers, where we build, some of them have pools. Some of them have zero entry-level pools. Some of them don't. Some of them outside. Some of them have splash pads that we're doing now. But all of that was a capital call of cost. And if it was $8 million or $10 million or $6 million, 50% each was done by the city and the county, and then the county would run those, that's a very sound way of, of spending taxpayers, taxpayers' dollars. But at the same time, for each of us not having to overburden ourselves with a particular... One ticket item, so that we could spread that money and spread those services out. I'll always be indebted to, to those cities that paired up with us because it was a, in the early days. It was kind of a risk, although we had a good track record. How would it work when we did one in Spring Hill or Brentwood, and eventually in Nolensville? How, how does that look? Uh, how, how does it look? What does it look like? And we found out it it looks pretty good and it works pretty good too, but you gotta have some faith and you gotta have some trust that we'll get it done.
1: Absolutely. I mean it's a perfect financial model for being able to provide services that aren't necessarily required. It's like you said, once again, you know, you, you say a lot of smart things and and, and you know and, and as we're continuing the conversation you go back and tie into something you said, but government does not say that you have to provide parks and recreation, mm. and it's not in the Constitution. It's not part of the amendments of the Constitution. But here, locally, and in all great communities, you know, they have parks, they have schools, they have libraries, they have great roads. And But the fact that we have a financial model to provide top-end, high-quality rec centers, ball fields, we have amenities that people don't normally have. We have indoor soccer arenas, we do have splash pads, but the fact that... And the, you have pickleball. We have a lot of pickleball courts <laughs> and need more. But the fact that everybody shares, you know, in the in the cost for that, and, and, and one of the things that that really puts the icing on the cake is that the cities and the municipalities participate financially. The county Participates financially and then has the long term uh, cost of operating and running them. But the residents of Williamson County do not have a problem at all of paying a small portion of their discretionary dollars for recreation. Because every year we generate quite a bit of revenue by choice from the residents of Williamson County supporting parks. And when you look at the public funding, and the, the public support, support through tax dollars and support by choice, out of the pocketbook, that just is a strong indicator of how important parks are for the residents of Williams and County. And
0: before we get too deep or we get ourselves uh, a six-foot hole where you and I are just uh, sticking our head up and breathing a little <laughs> bit, you didn't do it and I didn't do it. Doug Hood didn't do it. It's employees that do it. Uh, and uh, the many employees that you have from our special needs programs to just our splash splash pads that we run to our soccer, baseball, at at every level we have some of the finest employees um, that that I would put up against anyone.
1: Well, thank you for saying that because I certainly would too. Uh, you know, I inherited a great staff. I've, I've been here for a long time. A lot of those people were recommendations by me to be hired uh, before I even became the director. And, and uh, you know, I think that you had mentioned, you know, where we were staff-wise. You know, right now we are, we have 110 uh, full-time employees, uh, and they do cover a lot of different areas, and a lot of people with specialized backgrounds. But during the summer, uh, a lot of people may not realize, but we employ up to around 1,200 seasonal and regular part-time staff. Now, when you think about that, you think that's an absurd amount of of people, but it's really not when you you just touched on just a, a smidgen of the services that we offer so we do have to have lifeguards but we also have to have people that work in our sitting services so when a a mom or a grandmother comes in to take a group fitness class and they've got two or three kids with them you know they put them in our sitting (laughs) service while they go and exercise for an hour well the state says if you're having a sitting service you've got to have one person for every six kids And most of our sitting service areas require, like, three people because we can put 12 to 18 kids in there. So when you think about all those different people that you mentioned, it takes a lot. The thing that I'm most proud of is that every one of those people, they work for us, but we don't just take anybody. We want to take people that actually care, that have a passion for it, and they're going to treat the public respectfully. And we have very few problems that are caused by our staff. So we
0: fast forward to about, uh, <clears throat> this This is 2019, a couple of years ago, um, through a lot of planning and just discussions in the area. Um, out of that came an area we call the Enrichment Center area. Um, it's on the old BGA school site. Uh, Uh, Through your efforts, I know Doug was involved. We keep talking about Doug Hood. He's retired, but yet he still comes back and works. He -hmm. he enjoys that aspect of it. Doug put in a good career. And you've done an excellent job of following him and setting your own tenure and your own style of leadership. And the people are just, there's always that hesitant when you follow someone like Doug well, somebody's going to follow you and shake their head and say, how am I going to do this a little better? But they'll find their style, and you let those kind of men and women develop their style, and they'll get it done if you have faith in them. And I have a great deal of faith in you, and you know that. But out of that came the Enrichment Center, which was a blend of let's let's do something for our seniors. We had a place, uh, thank goodness we had a place on Bridge Street called JL clay but it was a very confined area it was a wonderful atmosphere but it was hard to get around hard to walk and it didn't offer a lot of activities for our seniors and so we combined that with the need of youth and tried to figure that model out we we were in the early stages of providing more for our community through community theaters through dance, through jazz and exercise, and how do we how do we just continue to do this? And people from Nolansville are not gonna come in to a center in Franklin, but we need one for the center part that as many as we can will come in. Excellent location. We own the land. <coughs> Excuse me. Then we put a community theater, change the whole campus area up, put in a few pickleball areas, I suspect it's been a hit.
1: You know, it has really, I'm glad you think that because I think it has, from my perspective, exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Um, you know, what I mentioned earlier, you know, I was in school for college. It took me eight years to graduate. That meant I was around a campus a long time. And, and you just mentioned campus. That's exactly what we have <coughs> at Academy Park. You know, when you think of the word campus, you think of a lot of different things jumbled in on one location. So let's just briefly just explain to people what's at Academy Park. You have the public library. It's
0: next to the library. That's where it was going.
1: Yeah, we have a public library there. And if you haven't been to our public library, you're really missing out. It's a fantastic facility. We have the schools. Uh, There's a high school there, Renaissance High School. And uh, Dr. Brian Bass has a, uh, a great group of about 250 students. It's an application process to go to school there, and I would encourage people that have creative kids that are wanting to do something a little bit off the mainstream <laughs> academic menu to try something else to look into uh, Renaissance High. You have the Enrichment Center, which during the day serves seniors, and then in the evening it supports the arts. Uh, we have programs for uh, in dance and music and the arts uh, and then during the day while the seniors are there oh my gosh I, I can't it would be easier for me me to name what we don't do than what we do but we have exercise programs and and enrichment programs we go on trips we have music we have art we have just places where they can, a lounge where they can play cards and hear music and enjoy each other's company. I know they have a table in there where they have a puzzle. And um, I've been known from time to time to take a piece off the puzzle and then go back a day or two later and give it back to them and and uh, see if they've gotten that far yet. And, you know, they always look at me and they're like, you better be glad you brought that piece of puzzle back already. But we have a, a gym there. We have a playing field that uh, not only is a place for lacrosse and soccer, but we just hosted uh, Shakespeare in the park there for four nights, very successful event. We have pickleball courts, and then we have the community theater. And that's all on a campus. You throw that in with a lot of ex- aesthetic beauty. We have a courtyard that's got a beautiful fountain and water feature in it. So when people walk on the campus at Academy Park, they get the feel of being in a place where there's so many things to choose from that are just in ways to enrich your life. And that was the reason why, you know, through the task force that you put together, we came up with the name of the Enrichment Center because that campus will enrich your life in so many ways.
0: It's added a lot to the community over there. Um, the residents that live there, uh, the events you have in the courtyard, the music events. Um, I am very proud to go over there almost at any time and see some of the local residents using the facility. The 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 weight room or the exercise room, uh, it's not designed for an 18 and 20 year old guy. No, they can go in there and exercise all they want. In the afternoon? In the afternoon. (laughs) Uh, But in the morning hours, it's it's my generation. And it's designed around that 55 and 60 year old so that they can have a quality of life. Um, I never will forget, and we'll move on, but I never will forget when we were doing all this planning for this facility and literally convincing people this is the way that we needed to go. One of the things when we did our surveys and our outreach and asked questions, and, of course, you were there the whole, the whole journey, and uh, there, were some, there were some road bumps uh, along the way. But what the seniors told us, they didn't want a place for senior women to go and cook. They'd done all the cooking they were going to cook. They wanted to, someone else to cook for them. So we don't even really have a heavy kitchen here. It's no we don't. Uh, it's just a place for catering all of the events that we do. Um and and it, it dawned on me at that point in my life, and this was several years ago, that people were concerned more by their physical activity and staying in shape and being mobile so they could continue to go to and do the things they wanted to do. And so from I mean, you and I know in the early morning hours. Uh, what does it open at? Seven? or Six?
1: Uh, we open at seven over there. Our regular rec centers open at five. Hey, I know that. <laughs>
0: but they're they're waiting to come in. Yes, when I've been are. over there, and we kind of made it a we 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 kind of had a running joke that to the seniors we'd provide coffee for them. They're going to break our budget. <laughs> they do like their coffee, and it's it, it uh, at our centers. And we're glad to provide that for them. We have veterans in there, many, many, many people. In fact, here recently we had a couple in later uh, in, in later years that met each other and decided they wanted to tie the knot, and uh, so they were able to marry each other because each of their mates had, had passed on. So. It is a place of companionship, and it is a place of friendship, and it's almost like a fraternity or sorority is a place for people to go. Uh, But it clearly is just another one of those uh, stars you put in your crown for Parks and Rec that we've got something serving the needs of the people, and oh, by the way, there is a little cost, and they don't mind paying it, and oh, by the way, it's another it, it is another function of, of what government can do when it can open up a little bit, but yet not mandate. Let's talk about a little of the programs we've got. That's kind of the history of Parks and Rec, and you've been there yeah. the full journey, and thank you for what you do, and to the hundreds of, the hundreds of people that have uh, contributed to Parks and Rec, and will contribute long after you and I are gone. Um, trying to meet the needs of the community. But programming is a huge product. And for, and I should say this before we get off the capital side of it, we we have expanded Parks and Rec much more than soccer, baseball and softball and mm-hmm. basketball and volleyball and all that. It's into performing arts. It's into hiking trails. It's into, you name it, if it's got activity to it, We're just about in it, and because we're filling a void that's not there, and oftentimes, by the community. And because the county, the the cities consume about 45%, all six cities consume about 45% of the total property in uh, acreage in Williams County. The other 55%, Gordon Hampton has got to figure out where to put these logistically and have them for all residents. We've just recently purchased some land in Bethesda. Hopefully, over the next couple of years, we'll be able to <coughs> get that going. We're now end up uh, working with um, uh, off from Giles Hill Road, uh, two hundred and fifty acre mm-hmm. park area. That I mean, we're just getting started on some of these fantastic.
1: Well, you know, it's it's. I'm very fortunate, <coughs> you know, to work for. Someone like yourself, you know, that is very open-minded and puts a lot of trust and faith in listening. You know, you're a great listener, and and so when I go in and and say something to you about, I mean, we'll go back. I know it's always a running joke, and people that see you and and hear you, oftentimes they you're always throwing pickleball in, you know, and they're thinking, you know, everybody's just still trying to figure out, you know, what is pickleball, even though it's one of the fastest-growing sports in America, but You know, when I talked to you years ago about Pickleball, you were like, I don't know anything about Pickleball, but if you think we need to get into Pickleball, let's get into Pickleball. Well, you have rolled the dice with Parks and Recreation to trust us to do our jobs. And so when we say, let's get into Pickleball, well, look where we are now. We're bringing things online that 10 years ago we didn't have. We didn't have any nature parks we opened Timberland. Huge success. We're averaging about 4,000 visitors a month. Timberland Park, if you've never been out there, you should go. It's located on the Natchez Trace Parkway right off uh, Highway 96. It's a jewel. It's become so popular that we had a a donation of property, you just mentioned it, uh, out off Giles Hill Road, and we're in the developmental stages of opening another 250-acre nature park. At the same time, I... Talk to you about property that we had, and you wrapped your arms around the idea of Williamson County putting its first mountain bike trail online. And uh, this spring, uh, spring of 2020, we will open officially the Wilkins Branch uh, Mountain uh, Bike Park. Right now, they develop developed two and a hun- uh, two and a half miles of trails, and uh, with plans to get all the way up to at least 15 miles of trails on 150 acres. We wouldn't be able to use that property for anything else because it's just like this. However, you were open-minded and allowed us to work with the, uh, the private sector uh, to come in and uh, form a partnership. And they're basically doing all the, the trail work. We're just providing the infrastructure. Once again, that goes back to your model of everybody chipping in, everybody playing a part. We have so many different things that, that we're doing. We, we have splash pads now. Nobody else really got into the splash pad business until we did. And look how successful that's been. So I'm very blessed to be able to, to present to you ideas and recreation and then you figure out ways to enable us to do them. But I don't bring it to you unless the public brings it to us. And and so it's a, it's a great marriage of ideas, and and we've got so many wonderful facilities that are uh, have recently come online, and some that are being planned to come online. And then, like you said, we have to have programs in all those facilities to keep people coming back. So the programming is our lifeblood. Well, let's
0: talk about some of them. You've got or four there in front of you let's talk about a little
1: well let's start by uh, let me give you a little update on where we are with some of our renovation projects Um,
0: that's true I overlooked that
1: yeah so let's uh, let's kind of go back and uh, we kind of I think maybe it was the spring the last time I would join you on on the show and uh, we had just kind of gotten started on a few things but Uh, We'll first get everybody caught up because there's been a lot of people that have been uh, sort of put on dry land for a while But our aquatic program is a big part of what we do Uh, You know, we have indoor pools uh, Several of them in the county, but the main indoor pool is located at the uh, indoor sports complex in Brentwood that facility was 15 years old and if you uh, Aren't aware of it, you know, pools have a lot of chemicals and everything to keep them healthy and safe. Well, chemicals are corrosive, and over a period of time, you have to replace things. So, we did a major renovation uh, of the pool. We have all new uh, mechanical uh, pieces of equipment that runs the pool the the pumping, the water, the air quality. Uh, The pool's been shut down. Uh, We shut it down the first part of. uh, July and we're actually set to open on Monday is um, Monday the 14th I think it is uh, Monday the 14th um, of October so we've got a lot we have literally a couple of thousand families that whose children swim that have been displaced so I'm glad to tell those folks that they're going to be back in the pool it's going to be a nice relief for our staff at the same time we're working really hard to uh, Uh, be able to open the splash pad our second splash pad in the spring of uh, of 2020 and that'll be at the Brentwood Center and we've got a couple of other things that are that are still in the brick and mortar stage that should be online in 2020 out there and that is a new gymnasium and a new group fitness
0: and I might interrupt you we're not doing all of this by ourselves. It's this partnership between Brentwood also.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I was going to wrap that up by saying that the partnership that existed years ago still is in play right now because the city of Brentwood fully funded the uh, the Splash Pad addition. Uh, they donated $1.5 million towards that project. So we'll move from Brentwood to Fairview where we are um, on September I mean, excuse me, on October, Saturday, October the 26th, we're going to reopen the uh, Fairview Rec Center. It has undergone a tremendous uh, renovation project. And that facility is for the folks that when they left it when we closed and when they come back into it when we reopen, they're going to walk into a, a facility that doesn't resemble anything the way it used to. Um We've had uh, some great enhancements out there with a new wellness center, uh, locker room facility. Uh, because of the popularity of our senior lounge at the Enrichment Center, we've uh, built them a new senior lounge area out there. And uh, so we're excited about the reopening of the Fairview Rec Center. We've got so many other things going on. Uh, I'm not going to get into all of that, but uh, the next time you invite me on the show, We'll be able to recap some of the other stuff, but we'll we'll jump into some of these programs. While we're talking about Fairview, uh, that same day on Saturday, October the 26th, we have a program called Sirens and Sweets. Uh, it's sort of a combination of some things that we've done out there in the past. We just had Touch a Truck. I don't know if anybody went to Touch a Truck that's listening to this, but we had I think they estimated that there were five or six thousand people at Touch a Truck this past Saturday. <laughs> That's a wonderful event. Kids love big things, they love trucks, they love things like that. We also found out that kids love bright lights and they love uh, flashing lights. So, the Sirens and Suites event mm-hmm. is we fill the parking lot up with emergency vehicles. Uh, they're flashing their lights. There'll be people from law enforcement, public safety, and we'll even have several uh, helicopters come and land. Uh, the sheriff's department, they're really generous and support public events like that. And they'll land one of their helicopters. And every year we've been able to get uh, the life helicopter from Vanderbilt to come down and land. And at night, that's a pretty impressive thing. Now, you were in Vietnam, so you've, you've been around a lot of helicopters coming in and out. But if for somebody that has never experienced a helicopter landing, it's it's worth coming out just to see that helicopter land and see how much air that thing stirs up. But the sirens and sweets is coming up. Um, going back to the, the programming at the Enrichment Center, one of the things that we have a lot of is... Youth, youth theater and you know we've got casting coming up for another Annie uh, performance we have Aristocats uh, a lot of people will remember an old uh, Disney movie called the Aristocats now there's an Aristocats play for kids we have Little Mermaid auditions coming up um, so when you're thinking about things for your family to get into go to our website um, it's www. WC Parks and Rec, and um, we have so many things in that website that uh, can absolutely uh, inform you about some of the things that are going on in Parks and Rec. Uh, you heard the mayor mention a minute ago about basketball, you know, and he's retired his whistle from basketball, but he's still in the gyms quite a bit because his grandchildren are playing ball now. The youth basketball season in the county is about to begin. And, uh, and if you don't mind me saying this, one of the people that we left out in our partnership are the schools. Um, just a couple of numbers. Williamson County uh, youth basketball program has about 5,000 kids playing in it from 5-year-olds all the way to 17-year-olds. When you think about 5,000 kids, that's a lot of gyms we have to use. So we work very closely, closely with the with Williamson County Schools to use their facilities. But we use 32 gyms in Williamson County every Saturday for this program. It takes a, a small army to be able to pull this off, but registration is still going on throughout the county. And, uh, and we are uh, absolutely uh, going to uh, have another wonderful basketball season. You want to tell us some more stories about basketball? Oh no, no. We better be kind of wrapping it up.
0: I know we're getting close to our, we went over our uh, normal 30 minutes. And, <laughs> uh, but there's so much that you do, your department does, and so much to offer. We do encourage you to go to the Williamson County Parks and Rec uh, website. You've got videos on there, all the activities. My um, grandchildren and my children that live in the community, I know they visited Quite often, uh, they're getting more into the individual sports, and but I've got a few in the arts program. and the, uh, I, I encourage all of us as grandparents and as parents, if you're watching this, these programs are oftentimes free, but more cases than not, they're very minimal cost to be able to participate. And we need to provide the arts, uh, the music, um, just as well as we do the gymnasiums and... Participation in some of the other active, very active uh, sports, passive, passive parks and recreation is is huge. And if that's just walking around on the trail, because as we get older, <clears throat> nobody can lie about the color of our hair this morning. <laughs> uh, just having a good brisk walk is is not only healthy for you physically, but it's also healthy for you mentally, just to be able to get away. So. Thank you for what you do. Uh, thanks for being a, such an integral part of our, our, our community. And if you have questions, go to the website, call Gordon. Call myself, we'll get you there. And um, if there's another pickleball that I don't know about, uh, bring it forth to us, let us look at it. Uh, a lot of you are probably sitting there saying, when are you all going to get into to hockey? We'd love to get into hockey, um, but hockey is a very, very expensive uh, venture for you to put a put a, a facility up. But that doesn't mean we won't have it there someday, and that'll give Gordon a few more gray hairs trying to figure
1: out how to handle that. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we we're just touching, uh, touching the scratching the surface on, and uh, as you know, as more people move into the to the community from different parts of the world. Uh, and I mean world. Uh, this is an international community, uh, but um, but they want to enhance our local flair, but then they also want to bring something from home as well, and um, so we have a lot of unique things that are, uh, we have fencing, which is uh, not putting up a fence to keep your cattle in the pen, but uh, sword fighting. We have kids sword fighting, you know, it's very safe, and but we have a group now that, uh, international, they want to play cricket. Um, and so when you bring us an idea, we will absolutely figure out a way to do it.
0: Well, Gord, it's been a pleasure to have a conversation, an extended conversation, because you have so much to offer. You're one of the larger departments we have in the county, and you um, do an outstanding job of leading uh, our parks and rec, and I thank you for that and to all of your employees that have an opportunity to see that it could not be done uh, without you, without those employees. I'm Rogers Anderson. Uh, As we travel around Williamson County, we'll see you again the next time. Have a good day.